Welcome to the Soul of Islam radio podcast with Ahmed Saqamini and Ihsan Alexander. The time for the Islamic Renaissance is now. May the peace, the mercy, the blessings, and the light of the divine be upon us all. My name is Ahmed, and I am a physicist, a poet, and deeply committed to the reawakening of the human mind and heart through art, science, and spirituality. Ihsan is a spiritual coach committed to spiritual awakening within the Muslim community and beyond. He is the creator of several leading-edge coaching and online training programs designed to cultivate greater awareness, spirituality, and success. You can learn more at his website, ihsanalexander.com. And you are listening to the Soul of Islam radio podcast. It is a weekly program dedicated to sharing the deeper dimension of Islam and supporting your personal growth and spiritual development. I am Ahmed, and I'm here with my good friend and brother, Ihsan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Thank you, Brother Ahmed, for your wonderful intros and your selfless service to our community. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and endless peace and blessings upon all of our listeners, the entire community out there, all of those who are tuning into Soul of Islam Radio, who are taking steps towards their personal development, their personal growth, their spirituality. And may Allah Almighty's divine peace be on our entire planet. Thank you, Brother Hassan, for the kind words. I do have to say that it has been such a beautiful journey since the beginning, since the launch of Soul of Islam Radio. And I pray, I pray that we can continue to create beautiful, inspiring episodes of Soul of Islam Radio that all of us, including ourselves, can benefit from, inshallah ta'ala. Allahumma ameen. And without spending so much time on the intro, let's get right to it. And today, Ihsan and I have a set of questions. And those are, what is meditation? What is mindfulness? What are the different dimensions and goals of meditation? What is the place of meditation in Islam? And why should any of us implement this beautiful practice? These are all very important questions and inshallah we will attempt to answer them in this episode of Soul of Islam Radio. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wa salatu wassalam ala ashraf al-mursaleen. We begin seeking refuge from all darkness and misguidance and negativity and we begin in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah almighty, seeking his light, seeking his presence, seeking his support and we invoke and ask for peace and blessings and barakah and nur on the presence and on the soul of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu his family, his companions, his ummah, kulli anbiya, all prophets and messengers, kulli awliya, all saints, and upon humanity and upon this planet, meditation and mindfulness. Usually when we hear of meditation and mindfulness, one may tend to think of certain traditions such as Zen, Buddhism, Hinduism, yoga, you know, we come to, we may think of the movement of transcendental meditation. But what is the place of mindfulness and meditation in Islam? Is there such a thing? Perhaps we can begin this discussion by defining what meditation actually is. Meditation is, in fact, a bit of a paradox. It's almost an oxymoron in terms of a word. 
Because when we talk about the practice of meditation, we're actually talking about the practice of non-practice, the act of doing nothing, of non-doing. Meditation essentially is the experience of complete, total surrender of one's being entirely. It's a state of stillness. It's a state of quiet. It's a state of complete, total surrender and submission in this moment. Meditation has been practiced or experienced or enjoyed for millennia. In fact, from the beginning, it is simply the act or the experience or the practice of stopping. As human beings, we get so caught up in doing that we forget the experience of being, of purely being, just simply being. When Allah Almighty subhanahu wa ta'ala created creation, He said to it, be, kun, to simply be in this moment of eternity. All things simply were. Time, past, future, present, all rolled into one in this perfect moment of just pure beingness. We come into this world and we begin to lose contact, we lose touch with beingness, and we get caught up in doing. Even when it comes to religion and spirituality, we tend to equate it with a lot of doing. Do this and do that, and then do this and then do that. But what about the experience of being? It is that experience of being that makes the doing of any value. We know that we are meant to pray our prayers with khushu, with hudur, with awareness, with presence, with love, with immersion. But how many of us are doing so? We tend to go through the prayers, our salah, almost mindlessly rather than mindfully. We go through the motions, the postures, the recitations, and we're totally often non-present. The mind is continually thinking about everything other than the actual experience itself. We've gotten so caught up in doing and in time and past and in future that we're losing the experience of now, the experience of the present moment, the experience that we are meant to be having. Allah Almighty says in Holy Quran that I am closer to my creation, to human beings, than their very jugular vein. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is present. He is imminent. He is here. He is now. Yet why is it that we are not experiencing Allah's presence? It is because we are not here and we are not now. More than likely, we are lost in thoughts and in thinking, in past and in future. We're constantly projecting ourselves into time and there is so little resources left for present moment experience. Yet only through slowing down, only through stopping, only through being, can we again reconnect with the Divine Presence of Allah Almighty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala transcends time. He is in eternity. Time and space is of this world, of what has been created. Time-space expanded with the creation of the heavens and the earth in what is known as perhaps the Big Bang, when these dimensions unfolded. But Allah Almighty transcends that. 
The mind and the body are limited to time and space. But the human heart, your heart, is not. Your heart is connected to eternity. It is connected to the Divine Presence. And if we can reconnect with our own hearts, with our own souls, with our own beings, we can reconnect with our Source. The mind and ego consciousness needs time to survive. It needs time to perpetuate itself, to perpetuate the story of me. But the soul is timeless, it's eternal. The real you, not the false self that we've identified with in this temporal world, but the real self that transcends the physical world, that transcends time, that self can only be experienced in the state of being. This is why one of the great early Sufis, Mutasawafin, said in the ninth century, one who knows themselves is as one who knows their Lord. If we truly come to know ourselves, we will come to know Allah Almighty. The path of self-knowledge is the path to Allah's divine presence. And we spend the entirety of our lives looking outward. Our eyes are fixated on the world of form, looking outward. But if we could for a little bit close our eyes and begin to look inward, we may actually begin to discover who we really are. If we could just close our eyes, surrender quiet and still our minds, we may be able to make contact with the imminent divine presence of Allah Almighty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always here, He is always now, and He is hiding within creation. Form veils creation. The physical world of form, of appearances, is nothing but an illusion. We, we make the mistake in perception of equating form with essence. And in doing so, we lose contact with truth and with reality. All of Islam is about connecting with the essence, not becoming lost in the forms. Through meditation, through mindfulness, through being, we reconnect with essence, with our own essence, with your essence. We reconnect thus with Allah Almighty. Now the mind, the human mind, busies itself with the, with the world, with the dunya, with attaching itself with outcomes, the, the fantasies of the future that have no place in the present moment. The mind finds other roots and stretches its arms to the abyss of the past, the place from which regrets are born, the place where the mind stands in between itself and progress. And the past is behind us, it is gone, and the future is a fantasy. SubhanAllah, the next second isn't even guaranteed. And life, all of creation, began in a moment. And in a moment, it will all come to an end. So it is in the moment that the mind can find truth, solace, connection, and awareness of what truly matters. And I just want to share a little uh, story. When, when I was about 10 years old, my family and I had moved to Damascus from America to live there for a while. And the light pollution in Damascus isn't as bad uh, when compared to the States here in America. And I remember looking at the sky one night and I could see the beautiful canopy of stars spread across the blackness of space. I remember asking my mother questions like, where does space begin and end? 
And, and I, I did this out of astonishment, uh, without any doubt. I would ask questions like, how can God have no beginning and no end? And I continue to ask many questions like this between me and myself and, and with others. And the point of me sharing this little short story about myself is that we're all born with this curiosity. We're all born with this imagination that is wide open when we are children. And subhanAllah, it is curiosity that proposes the questions. And curiosity is one of the triggers that lead us to reflection and contemplation. And these are very, very important. Reflection and contemplation, which are also known as tafakkur on the Islamic path. Now, tafakkur comes from the word fikr, which is associated with thinking. And tafakkur goes even deeper than that because it is active. It requires thinking at a deeper level, thinking systematically, uh, thinking about each and every detail for the goal of cracking open the shell to unravel the jewel that lies within, to find the beauty that aligns like a compass needle with the divine magnetism of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And consistent reflection and contemplation, subhanAllah, are attributes of the seeker. Now, why we as Muslims convince ourselves that we have arrived, that we are somehow safe, just because we happen to call ourselves Muslims? And why do we stick to the bare minimum when it comes to practices? And why do we see the bare minimum to be everything in terms of practices? You know, subhanAllah, people who convert, or really they're really reverting to Islam, they do it because of the seeker within they choose Islam because of conviction, because of a journey of discovery. What I'm trying to say is, why do we all stop seeking? Why do we not seek the truth as Muslims? You know, being a Muslim only means that we have chosen the path of surrender to Allah. But belief in the path is walking it and seeking Allah. Uh, the great Imam al-Ghazali, rahimahullah, had so much knowledge. He would have hundreds of students in one sitting, in one majlis, all coming to learn from him. But when he had his crisis, he realized that he knew all sorts of knowledge, but didn't know what knowledge really was. And same thing with us. We all know of Islam. Of course we do. Who doesn't? It's all over the news now. But how many of us know Islam? And the difference between knowing of something and knowing something is that when you know something, you know it because of direct experience. And reflection and contemplation are, if anything but necessary, for a seeker on the path. There are so many things that we don't pay attention to especially the first 40 years of the life of Muhammad And in those 40 years, he was a seeker. We all know what he used to do. He used to climb up on what is called today Jabal al-Nur to Ghar Hira, a cave, at night, and he would sit and reflect and contemplate on his purpose, on the universe, on his place in it, on life, on the Creator. 
How beautiful is that? He was a seeker for the very first 40 years of his life before he received the revelation through Jibreel. And not only that, he actually continued to seek after the revelation. And when we think about this, when we think about Habibina Muhammad, we think about Imam al Ghazali, we think about these great people, these great saints, these seekers of Allah and His truth, we realize that reflection and contemplation are one of the realities or dimensions of meditation. And we can say that this type of meditation is meditation through fikr, through tafakkur, through contemplation, through reflection. While the other dimension or reality of meditation is the meditation through the act of remembrance, through dhikr. So, in a nutshell, we really have meditation through fikr and meditation through dhikr. Meditation through fikr really requires thinking and searching, using the mind, and meditation through dhikr uh, really takes advantage of the invocations of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cause some type of resonance that would shake off the dust away from the heart so that one can tap into that reality that is inside. Now imagine if we can combine both in a state of meditation. To have a superposition of fikr and dhikr in a state of meditation. Imagine what we can reach. Imagine what we can tap into. Imagine what we can find and discover about ourselves. Contemplation and reflection give life into the moment. They resuscitate what we kill in ourselves. Subhanallah. And it is because of contemplation and reflection that I have found myself studying physics many years ago. Let us be certain that tafakkur is a powerful tool and has been given to the spiritual heart. Literally, it is said that the heart has three soldiers, knowledge, wisdom, and contemplation, reflection, tafakkur. And with Allah's will and His mercy and His love and His guidance and His wisdom, we pray that tafakkur can help us all crack open the shell and burn away the layers that the mind hides behind. Like Ahmed said, the Prophet of Allah would often spend days at a time in Ghara in the cave. This was his practice, sometimes more than just a few days, sometimes a week or more. In seeking truth, in seeking reality, the Prophet dove deeper and deeper into his own being, beyond the physical world, and even ultimately beyond the world of the mind, but into the deepest aspects of his being, spending days and nights in a state of pure presence, in a state of complete and total annihilation in the Divine Presence, in a state of complete surrender, in a state of stillness, in a state of openness, and so he was able to receive al-wahi. He was able to receive revelation. His soul was thus open. When we talk about the term meditation, it's a general term and it can have many different connotations and can have many different subsets. In the Islamic meditation program, we talk about tafakkur. We talk about tasbih, which is dhikr, reciting the names of Allah and various phrases such as kalimat ta'iba, la ilaha illallah. Salawat upon the Prophet. There's also Muraqaba, 
Murakab is a term that literally means to witness, to observe, to see. And this has been a practice that has been handed down since the time of the Prophet ﷺ through Shuyukh and through the lineages of different Turuk as one of the most advanced spiritual practices. Murakaba, completely and totally surrendering the self in a state of pure and total stillness, a experience of pure beingness where the mind ultimately becomes completely still, surrendered, at peace. Ahmed was speaking about truly understanding Islam and seeking the reality of Islam. What is Islam? The word itself means surrender. Coming from the root word salam, meaning peace. The understanding and implication being that the path to peace is through surrender. What does it mean to surrender? At any given moment, we are either in a state of surrender or in a state of resistance. Usually we're somewhere in between these two poles along that spectrum. More often than not, in a state of resistance rather than surrender. Surrender results in peace and it results in relaxation, in serenity, in tranquility, in trust, in harmony, in light, and in love, in true love. Resistance results in fear, anxiety, worry, frustration, jealousy, anger, hatred, bitterness, rage, and so on. What is it that we resist when we are in a state of resistance rather than a state of surrender? We are resisting what is the present moment as it manifests right here, right now. Something may arise, something may happen, someone may say something, someone may do something, and we resist it. We reject it. This is akin to insanity, and we all suffer from it. Because in resistance, we are literally resisting what already is. It's futile, it's impossible to change what already has manifested, yet we resist it with anger. The spiritual path of Islam is to come back to our senses, to come back to intelligence, to come back to sobriety, to awaken from this dream, the dream of the mind. The goal of Islam is to return to surrender, deep internal spiritual surrender. It means to let go completely of resistance internally. This does not mean that we don't take appropriate positive and right action on the physical plane, but it means that we do so from a state of being, from a state of peace, from a state of harmony, from an internal spiritual state of surrender. And that then makes possible clear, intelligent, effective action. The goal of Islam is the transcendence of resistance, is the transcendence of ego-based consciousness, which gives rise to resistance. The mind, the ego, is continually seeking to escape the present moment, because in the present moment it can only be still. In the present moment, experience is through the heart. It's through your being, it's through a deeper faculty. The mind needs time to survive. The ego can only exist in time, in past and in future. In the present moment, there is no thought process, there is no interpretation, 
There's no judgment. There's no thinking involved. In the present moment, there's only experience, pure experience. In the present moment, there is life. Everything else is an interpretation. And so the practice of meditation within Islam, of mindfulness within Islam, ultimately leads us back to this deep state of internal spiritual surrender. That is what it means to be a Muslim. A Muslim is not a label, it's not an identity, it's not a culture that we've just simply inherited. It's a state of existence, it's a state of being. A Muslim is literally a human being who is in a state of Islam. We don't own Islam. Islam is not just an identity. It's a state of experience. It's a way of being. It's not just a religion. It's a way of being. Islam is a way of living, or more appropriately, a way of being. And it's time for us as a community to remember and to realize what it truly means to be a Muslim. What it truly means to be walking and living and breathing the path of Islam. We must again be Islam. We must be surrendered and at peace internally. Islam is a spiritual path to the highest levels of awakening and awareness. Who now associates Islam with enlightenment? When we speak of enlightenment, we tend to think of other traditions. Yet can anyone on this planet have ever been more enlightened than the Prophet of Allah Wasallam? It was his enlightenment that gave him the capacity to live as he did. And from a place of clarity and light, dhikr means to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to truly remember Allah Almighty. The deepest experience of dhikr is dhikr of your entire being, dhikr that transcends the self, that transcends the mind. We can only truly remember Allah when we leave ourselves, when we transcend the self. We can only truly reach to Allah's presence when we surrender the mind, when we surrender and submit ego consciousness. This is the very goal of Islam. And this is why in salah, in the prayer, the Prophet ﷺ said, you are nearest to Allah when you are in prostration, when you are in sajda. You're closest to Allah in that moment. Meaning that you're closest to Allah when the mind is surrendered, when the mind is still. And the heart is then again elevated to its rightful place above the mind. The reality, the deeper reality of Islam, in which the Prophet ﷺ described, Maqam al-Ihsan in the Hadith of Jibril, which is regarded as Umal Sunnah, the mother of the Sunnah, the mother of Al-Hadith, the greatest one of the most important foundational traditions in the entire litany of Ahadith, in which the Prophet ﷺ described Maqam al-Ihsan as being the goal of Islam and being a state in which you are present with Allah, knowing that Allah is with you. That state is only possible through presence, beyond the mind. When the Prophet ﷺ ascended in Laylatul Isra wal Miraj to the highest of heavens, and beyond, there was a limit to which even Jibreel alayhi salam could go no further. A maqam al-Jibreel. And this is known as maqam al-Aqal, the, the limit of the mind. The Prophet ﷺ had to go beyond that to get to the Divine Presence of Allah. He ﷺ was so aware, so present, that he had, that his perception pierced the veils of even the unseen. 
in which he was interacting directly with Malaik, angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Sayyidina Jibreel alayhi salam, Sayyidina Mikail. He was in a completely different state of experience. He had one face towards Allah, one face towards creation. He never left presence. He never left the Divine Presence. And this is why in the Naqshbandi Tariqah, one of the great schools of Islamic spirituality, Shanakshband and the Shiyukh said that one of the pillars of the way is to have one's hand busy with the world, busy with work, doing what you do, but the heart to always be with Allah, to internally be rooted and anchored in one's being, in one's heart and soul, never leaving Divine Presence. We've said this many times before on Soul of Islam Radio, and it bears repeating. Islam is not just a set of rules and regulations, a code of behavior. It's not just rituals. It's not just beliefs as in ideas and concepts that we must nominally subscribe to. Islam is a reality meant to be experienced. Islam is a spiritual path. Al-Islam is a spiritual path more than anything else. And it is time for our Ummah to again awaken to the spirituality of Islam. Great Shuyukh, great Awliya, great Sufis throughout the millennia, throughout a millennia have practiced deep states of meditation and contemplation, deep states of muraqaba, deep states of tafakkur, deep states of dhikr. Yet nowadays these practices have been almost lost or forgotten. If we are to truly realize the reality of Islam, we must start learning to go back inward. We must learn to go beyond our mind, deeper into the heart, deeper into our beings, deeper into the experience of Islam. It is only through presence, it is only through being, it is only through meditation or muraqaba that one can truly begin to transcend the self and draw nearer unto the reality of Allah's Divine Presence, which is beyond concept, it's beyond the mind, it's beyond all thought. Thinking, the mind, thought, ideas, these can point the way, but it is the heart that can experience that reality. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. You know, the purpose is for all of us to reach a point from which we can live from the heart. And if you haven't done so already, we do recommend that you revisit or visit that episode uh, titled Living from the Heart. It might seem short, but it is infinite, the journey. And the journey is what we take from our minds all the way down to our own hearts. Muhammad sallallahu is the prime example, is the example. He is at the apex of character. He is at the apex of walking the path of selflessness. If we can bring our minds to a level from which we can begin to emulate certain qualities and certain characteristics of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then we can begin to tap into the deeper layers. And the layers that I'm talking about here are the different dimensions of the heart, which is, subhanAllah, is the inspiration behind the logo for Soul of Islam Radio. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the human mind, the human heart, human soul into this universe with everything that it needs 
to wake up before it transitions to the next realm. The realm of Barzakh, the intermediate realm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that it is possible here, right now, to wake up, to be aware, to be mindful. You know, look at our lives right now. We are so busy with work, we're busy with entertainment, we are busy with friends, busy with driving on the phone, browsing the internet. There's always something that we are doing that involves the world. How much time in the day do we take to detach ourselves from the world? In a way, from one day to the next, we are only numbing ourselves. We are stopping ourselves from actually feeling something. And how is that different from drugs? Drugs are used to escape reality, to numb the human mind, to forget, to not feel. When we busy ourselves with the world, with the dunya, we begin to slip into that state of forgetfulness, a state of ghafla. So if we can begin to realize that there is a possibility out there, that there is, that there is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out there. You know, we know of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but we need to drive ourselves. We need to shake ourselves down to our own core so that we can begin to wake up and begin to feel something. Feel something familiar. Feel something that we had experienced already. And what better way to do that than through meditation? Meditation is a powerful tool and it is not reserved to one particular religion or way or path. Meditation is universal. Meditation is for everyone. Everyone has a right to practice meditation and everyone needs to. If any of us want to have peace of mind, if any of us want to cultivate awareness, if we want to begin to heal ourselves, we must take some time to meditate every single day. And let us not burden ourselves. Let us not set expectations that we cannot meet. Muhammad was known for being consistent with actions regardless of how big or small they are. Let us take what we can handle and implement that every single day. Don't allow yourself to break that chain. How beautiful would it be if you can meditate the time of Fajr and the time right before you go to sleep. Take time to begin with reflecting upon the universe and the, the stars and the galaxy in which we are in and the clusters of galaxies and reflect on the Big Bang and the beginning of time. Reflect on your place in the universe and reflect on the beauty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. Use the invocations, use the names, use the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Focus on your voice. Then focus on what you're saying. Train yourself. It can be a little challenging at first, Wallahi, with consistency, with discipline, anything is possible. This deeper experience of Islam is fundamental to our spiritual path and our tradition. It is the way of the Prophet ﷺ and the way of the Salihin, the Siddiqin, the truthful, the righteous, the pious, the sincere, and the humble. Through meditation, through stillness, we can experience deeper and deeper states of Islam, ultimately the state of Islam. To begin experiencing what meditation is, or the art of meditation, I would simply suggest 
breathing, simply connecting with your breath, sitting in a comfortable position for at least 10 or 15 minutes per day, and simply just letting go, relaxing, and just connecting with your breath, being your breath, simply breathing, and as thoughts arise, allow them to arise, allow them to depart. Don't fight and resist thinking, but simply surrender, continually surrender. You'll see how hyperactive the mind actually is and how little in control we actually are of ourselves. But it's okay. Surrender. Relax. When there's resistance and tension in the mind, it results in tension in the body. And by physically relaxing the body, we are actually indirectly stilling and surrendering the mind as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open for you and your heart, your soul, the light and the deeper lights of this way, of this path, of this religion, of the way of Sayyidina Muhammad wasallam. May he envelop you and your loved ones in his grace and his protection, his mercy, his guidance. May he lead you to deeper and more profound experiences of beauty within Islam. And we send our love to all of our friends out throughout the world, wherever they may be, our loved ones throughout the world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect you all. And may He Almighty unite us to bring us closer together as we belong and to transcend the oceans that separate us that we may live again truly in His service and in the way of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu With that, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. To dive deeper into the art and state of meditation, visit islamicmeditation.com Once enrolled, you'll have access to a six-week program full of training videos, guided meditation tracks, a manual, which all can be downloaded onto any of your devices. There's no time like now to start implementing this beautiful practice of meditation, of mindfulness, and this brings us to the end of this episode. Alhamdulillah wa shukrullah for every breath and for every moment. We thank you, all of you, the listeners from all over the world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and surround you with His light and may it carry you to higher stations and higher degrees of awareness of Him. And may we all be reflections of His light in this world and in the next. Allahumma ameen. Please uh, continue supporting the Soul of Islam radio by liking us on Facebook, subscribing to this podcast on iTunes, and if you feel inspired, you can make a donation on our website at soulofislamradio.com. And with that, may the peace, the mercy, the blessings, and the light of the divine be upon us all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.